As I was thinking today on, on um, the people that will be here, and some of us are our regular Xenia Naz church folks, and there will be some visitors with us on this national Back to Church Day, there will be a lot of differences. And um, we all are spiritually in different places. Some of us were raised in, in Christian homes. Some of us weren't raised in Christian homes. Some of us uh, have made commitments to Christ. Some of us not have made commitments to Christ. Some of us have, have been in church since we're babies. And some of us have, have really not really ever had church attendance too much. Some of us uh, were in church when we were young and then kind of drifted away. And then we're coming back. There's a whole bunch of differences spiritually in this Room And you can, you know, if you, if, if you don't doubt that, you just need, need to ask Pastor Brandon as he's looking out upon you during times of worship. Some of you are just seeing with your whole heart and mind, and some of you just are really not into it that much. Some of you have your hands lifted, and some of you wouldn't lift your hands if somebody had a gun at your back. And I mean, there's just all kinds of differences in this place. But I think one thing that we... One of the things that spiritually we have in common, not only are we broken and need mended and guilty and need pardon, I think every single person, or you wouldn't have been here today, wants to be blessed by God. I think it's a common denominator, or you wouldn't have darkened these doors this morning. Now, there's, there's all kinds of... of, of of levels of that and some people know what that means and are currently being blessed by God and some people don't have a clue what that means and want to be blessed by God but don't know how and some people used to be blessed by God but they don't sense they're being blessed by God now but I think all of us would say on a true false test that I want to be blessed by God true I don't think there's anyone in this room that would that would not agree with that statement so I thought this morning that I just spent a few minutes being able to talk to you what the Bible says about how to be blessed by God. Uh, you don't care what I say. What I say is of no value to you. My opinion is worthless to you. We all have opinions. You have opinion, I have opinion. But what God's Word said, and as I faithfully preach that to you, now that can be an eternal difference to you. And God's Word in many, many places talks about this is the characteristics of blessed people. You know, you just can't walk out in the middle of a cornfield and expect to be blessed. There are things we do as human beings that put ourselves in the way of his blessing. Those We used to sing uh, all the time, showers of blessing, just like they randomly fall down on me, and that's not accurate. As I put myself in the way of those blessings... As I put myself in the way of his grace, as I make good decisions to, to get in the flow of his grace, I can be a blessed person. What does the Bible say about that? Well, we could go to many passages, but we can go to one of my favorites today. If you have your Bible, would you open it to the book of Psalms, please? And would you open it to the first Psalm? If you have your Bible, open it to the middle. It'll naturally be to the, in the book of Psalms somewhere and go to Psalm number 1. Go to Psalm number 1. This is one of the first biblical passages that I memorized back when I first got saved in 1993. And I was trying to be able to uh, ingest God's Word and get it working for me in my life and trying to stake out, take out all that ungodly thinking that I had from 34 years of, 
of sinful life and put in godly thoughts and godly thinking. And the best way to do that is through his word. And Psalm number one says this, blessed is the man. And we know that that means blessed is the woman as well. We just understand the culture and wish this word was written. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. Now look at the contrast here. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff. One is like a tree planted by streams of water. And one is like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Blessed is the man. As I did a little research on that word blessed, the Hebrew word Literally, literally means multiple blessings. In the Hebrew, that word is in plural, so it means a multiplicity of blessings. That word is also exclamatory, meaning in our English language, it would have an exclamation point at the end of it. So an accurate translation of blessed in the man would be, oh, the blessings. That's, that's the sense here in the word blessing. It's just not blessed is the man. When the writer wrote that word, he wrote a verb. He, he wrote a Hebrew word that literally means, oh, the blessings. I cannot believe the blessings. Not one, not ten. Oh, the blessings. Exclamation point. Oh, the blessings of the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Do I want to be blessed by God this morning? Do you want to be blessed by God this morning? Verse 1 says it as plain as a nose on your face, and you don't need anybody with a Master of Divinity degree to be able to tell you. Verse 1 tells you that a person that's blessed walks a life that's different than the crowd. The person that's blessed walks to the beat of a different drum. The person that's blessed takes a path that's less traveled. There's no question that you cannot read this word, this word and be able to see the fact that Christians are people that are different than the world. And if I want to be a Christian, it doesn't mean, it has to mean that I can't be a person that is really caught up in peer pressure. Peer pressure, we talk, you know, second service, we'll have, you know, 30 teens right here. We talk to 14 and 15, 16-year-olds about peer pressure, but I found out 52 years old, there's peer pressure, friend. Our tennis team that I'm on out of tennis club over in Springboro won state championship last year, and we were in Fort Wayne for the regional tournament, and, and I was only Christian on that team, and, and uh, we spent two nights up there. I can tell you about peer pressure. I can tell you about peer pressure. But truth says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners 
or sit in a seat of mockers. Do I want to be blessed by God? I can't be one of the crowd, friends. I can't just go along with the crowd. Oh, the world says that's okay. God's word many times does not. Oh, the world doesn't really mind. Oh, nobody at work would even notice or even care. We cannot get around the fact that the Christian person in the way of the world is a peculiar person. <laughs> in fact, even the old King James uses that word to describe Christians in Titus chapter 2. He's raised up for himself a peculiar people. Oh, we still have the same wants. You know, I, I still want to live in a nice house, and I still like to drive in a nice car. I like to go on nice vacations, and, and I like to go to ball games, and I want to raise a good family. I, I still have all of those normal desires that a normal human being has, but I have a different value system. And I don't have a different value system because that value system is, is how I'm going to get to heaven. If, I, if I'm really, really good and I really don't walk in the counsel of ungodly, I'm going to get into heaven. No. When I accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and my Savior, he changes my values. And I don't know about you, but I found out in my Christian testimony of 17-plus years now of walking with him that I now love the things I once hated and now hate the things I once loved. And I didn't even do that intentionally. It just happened because there's a new spirit in me. If I want to be blessed by God, it's just not about coming to church. It's just not about dropping my tithe in. It's just not about not drinking and smoking or chewing or not going with girls that do. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who doesn't take the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Isn't that interesting, the little progression there that doesn't walk or stand or sit? Isn't that the way it happens? You know, I'm walking with someone, but then when I stand, it's a little more serious but then when I sit, um, I'm trying to tell you that the Bible tells you how you can be blessed. The Bible says that Christians are different. Oh, not weird. Repent. I'm walking through Xenia. Repent for the kingdom of God is heaven. I got a beard all the way down to my ankles. Repent. I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm a normal human being with all the quirks and stuff that everybody else has. I just have a different value system. I have a different system of rights and wrongs. I have a different focus. And where does that focus come from? I'm not making this up. Now it's right here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. I could have a different value system and just because coming from my own opinion. I could have a different value system just because, you know, my dad gave me a value system. Or I could have a different value system just because I'm raised in the South as opposed to people that are raised in the North, as opposed to people raised in the Midwest or the West. But where is, 
What is the beat of the different drummer that I walk? What is, what is the, the, the less traveled path that I take? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Friends, uh, we believe this is the word of God. We believe that God inspired men to write this book. And we have taken a stand, as other evangelical churches have, that this is God's word. And there are questions I have about this and doubts and things that make me scratch my head. But a long time ago said, Lord, I, I believe this is your book. And I'm going to be very, 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 work very hard by the grace that you give me to try to put my, li my life in line with this word. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In all his law, he meditates day and night. It's interesting that word meditates. The Hebrew is the same word for a cow chewing on its cud. You get that picture? That's a good picture right there, friend. You know, you, you, it's utmost desire of us who call ourselves preachers that, that, that you would leave this place and you would chew on the cud that you were just fed. You just turn it over in your mind. Think about it. Whether we give an altar call or not, a lot of people can't respond to an altar call because they've got to process things and they've got to think about things. And, and so you just don't leave this place and, and talk about the Buckeyes. You leave this place and you, you meditate. I don't know if I believe what Atherton said today or not. I think that was just a bunch of spiritual stuff today. But just think about it. You email me about it. Come talk to me about it. Talk to your friends about it. Have spiritual conversation about it. Bless people. That's a characteristic of their life. Oh, the blessings. The person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night. I, I, I am not a, a perfect person, and this word certainly tells me that I'm not. You know, the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors as yourself. And I find out that I, ha I don't do either one of those. As I look at my life, I, I, I think I probably love me more than anybody else. And that greatest commandment drives me to the greatest Savior. I'm guilty. And that book tells me this. This book also tells me of how to be able to conduct my relationships with my spouse, with other people. You know, all this Christian life is about is about relationships. It's all it's about. It's not about the color of the carpet. It's not whether you have an organ or don't have an organ. Not whether you do video or don't do video. Not whether you have small groups or Sunday school. It's not whether you have a coat and tie or not. It's not whether you have coffee or don't have coffee. It's about relationships. Ours with God and ours with other people. It's all it's about. It's not on whether you get baptized by immersion or sprinkling or pouring. It's not on whether your church speaks in tongues or doesn't speak in tongues. 
This thing is about relationships, ours with God and ours with other people. It's all it's about. And anything that drives us away from that is a ploy of the evil one. Because this word tells me that I'm to love God and love other people. And you know what? That's enough to keep me pretty busy. This Bible tells me that I can be blessed because I um, am different than the crowd, different value system. Not that I'm better than the crowd. Not that I look down upon the crowd because you know what? For 34 years, I was one of the crowd. I was one of the crowd. But by His grace, I don't think that way anymore. And how do I think? I try to think on things above. Well, that doesn't mean I'm doing that 24 hours a day. Yeah, I, 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 I watched some ball games yesterday, like everybody else did. But what's the overriding thing going on in my life is how can I be a person that honors him in word, thought, and deed? And this, this word tells me how. And we all have questions about the word. What did God really write it? Old oh, men wrote it. How, 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 did, how, did, how, how do we know that that's really God's word? And all those are very, very valid questions. And once you dig into the, really dig into them, don't just take somebody's little talking point here. Really dig into them. You will find that this book has stood the test of time. And they've, they've tried to mock it. They've tried to destroy it. They, they've tried to be able to make it out of date. And today it has stood the test of time. And my guess will be if Jesus tarries 50 years from now, it will still be standing the test of time. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people believe in Jesus, think Jesus is this great person, but they don't really want anything too much to do with, with his word. And the only reason people even know too much about Jesus is because of the Bible. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's listing of him in some secular historians. But this is really the only way people have understood about him. So they like Jesus. They like that good moral teacher and all that, but they don't really like the other parts of it. And so they stay themselves sovereign over God's word, and they decide what they want to believe and what they don't. You can't have it both ways. The blessed person believes in truth. The blessed person believes in truth. Without truth, this world could not function. Do you know that? If one plus one does not equal two, this world cannot function. Now, that's truth that no one doubts. But if one plus one does not equal two, this world would crash. Because I go to the store and buy a gallon of milk and at Kroger's and give Kroger's a $5 bill and they give me back $2 at Kroger's. But when I go to Aldi's, they give me back $3. Because if one plus one doesn't equal two, everybody can say you can equal whatever you want it to equal. And I go to another grocery store, and they give me back $4. Another grocery store, and they give me back 50, 50 cents. There is no standard. There's no truth. You believe what you want to believe. If there is not objective truth in this world, the world crumbles. I go to the bank, and I deposit two $50 checks. They give me a receipt back for $100. It's not $99.99. It's not $100.01. How narrow-minded of that banker. Can he be a little more loose? Why does he have to be so narrow? If 12 inches does not equal one foot, not 13 inches, not 11 inches. If 12 inches 
does not equal one foot. If there was not an objective standard of truth that says 12 inches is one foot, there's not another building that could ever be built on the face of this earth. They'd all be weird. You could not build them. You wouldn't know what a two by four is. You wouldn't know what 16 inches on center is. See, we accept objective truth in all areas of our lives, but when it comes to my heart and life, we don't want to accept it anymore. Blessed is the man who's different than the crowd. Blessed is the man who believes in truth. Who believes in truth. And aren't you glad that God wasn't wishy-washy and doesn't leave us guessing and wondering, but he says things like, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And the fascinating promises that are here for the blessed person. If I walk to the beat of a different drum, and that drum is God's word, if I take the path less traveled, and that path is the path that's lined out in God's word, if I stand different than the crowd, the promise here, I will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Stable. Oh, yeah, it's been there a long time, and it's beat up. The bark is getting chipped, but it's stable. Its roots are deep. It's well watered by the word of God. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Was it in Ephesians that they talk about people that are blown away by every wind of doctrine? The blessed man, his roots are deep, planted by streams of water. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the simile of righteous, but look at this promise for blessed people. But the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. <laughs> the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There is justice. There may not be justice on this earth, but there will be justice. I don't know about you, but I stand here today needing the blessing of God in my life. And I need it the way it's written. Oh, the blessings. I don't want one little blessing. I want an abundance of blessings. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. And this word tells me that there must be a difference about my life. And that difference should be the difference that God's word says. Not difference that we as, as men put on traditions. You know, there's been traditions that, well, to be blessed, you don't dance. Or you can't play cards. Or you don't go to move. Man has put that. It's the blessings that God has put in his word. We preach God's word, and as much a sin to go farther than God's word as it is to back off and not preach all of God's word. It's as much of a sin to add to God's word than to back off and not preach all of God's word. 
So I want to be different. I want to walk to the beat of a different drummer. I want to walk the path less traveled. And here's what guides me on that path. Here's what guides me on that path. And the promises that are there for the blessed person are tremendous. I I hope, I hope that you want to be blessed of God. And I hope that you believe him enough to take him at his word. You know, it's one thing to believe in God. The devils believe, the Bible says, James 2.19. The devils believe. Believing in God doesn't do anything for you. Because the devils believe. Devils believe in Jesus. It's believing him. It's taking him at his word. It's what he says I do. Now that's belief. Not just a mental ascent to some truths, but it got into my heart and it affects the way I walk and it affects the way I talk. Church family and visitors today, God's word this morning has told us how to live a blessed life. Now the ball is in my court and the ball is in your court. Will I believe him? Will I believe him? If you have questions about that blessed life, I'd love to take you out to lunch this week. Love to have a meeting with you. Love to have an email discussion with you about that. Don't hesitate to do that. Can we stand together, please? Lord, I thank you for your word. I'm so thankful I don't have to come into this place today and preach my own ideas. I'm thankful that I can come into this house today and preach what you have given us, truth. Father, I've done that to the best of my abilities, and I'll ask now that these people will meditate on it. They'll, they'll, they'll chew on the cud. They'll toss it over in their minds and decide whether they want to be a blessed person or not. Thank you for paving the way for us. Thank you that I don't have to guess. Bless us as we leave now. Give us a eternal perspective we're all right now are a little attuned right now to eternal things but as we leave this place father it seems like it's those fade away and temporal things come back to mind help us to be people that have an eternal mind and eternal perspective on things thank you for these people thank you for our visitors today we pray all these things in the name of jesus Thank you so much for coming. We've got coffee and donuts. Make yourself at home, please.